for others because this is your will for us, God, in Christ Jesus. We declare this and we pray this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. 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 That's a good place for an amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you for that prayer, baby. Right on, man. That was a gospel prayer. All right, Christ died for our sins, was buried in a grave. All right, they put a tomb, put him in a tomb and put a big rock in front of it. And Jesus like, that all you got? You know what I mean? Boom, our Savior is alive, amen? Amen. Praise the Lord, right? And then there is an army rising up, amen? Amen. And I'm looking at the army right here, right now, amen? Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Welcome to the church, (laughs) amen? You are the church, man. Praise the Lord. Amen. Welcome to yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right on, man. So today, we're going to take a little break out of Luke. We've been going through the gospel of Luke. We're going to return to it next week. All right? But we're going to just kind of just, just take a, a step uh, and lean into a charge that God has given us. And he wants to remind us of this charge. And I want to remind you of it right here, right? And that is simply this. A life of prayer is a life that must also be ready to be an answer to prayer. Amen? A life of prayer, all right, must, must also be ready, all right, to, to be an answer to prayer. All right? That, that, that we, we think, just think we're going to run around and just say all these prayers and just not wait for it. God has called us to a life of action. Amen? And it's kind of crazy. Over the past four years, right, late recently over these past four years, been getting a lot of offers, all right, a lot of offers, a lot of requests, all right, more than a few to go overseas and preach the gospel, right? Had a, uh, you know, a guy a few years ago, all right, good guy, a good friend of mine come up and, and, uh, and challenge me to, 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 to take the gospel to the refugee camps in Germany, there's plenty of them there, a lot of refugees there, and just to, to come and preach the gospel to them. I'm like, hold on a second. All right? Then uh, we had another pastor from Uganda came and hung out with us a little bit and asked us to, to, to go out and, and help encourage some of their local pastors there in Uganda and preach the gospel there in Uganda. Get involved in the school that they have over there for you know, these orphaned children that, were, that have been orphaned by terrorists in northern Uganda. Right? And then uh, been uh, also even recently challenged to, uh, to go over to Ukraine and help with the humanitarian efforts in Ukraine and also preach the gospel to the people there in Ukraine. And just, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, we're invited to go to South Sudan, actually begin in Washington, talking to the Congress people there, preach the gospel there, that'd be awesome, all right? And then, uh, and then head over to uh, South Sudan next, next year and, you know, and, and get involved in preaching to the millions of uh, refugees that are there. Now, it's crazy because these are big requests, right? They're so big, right? And they require a lot of prayer because I know this, wherever I go, we're gonna go, amen? Because we're the church, amen? Praise the Lord, all right? And so, you know what? Yeah, 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 you know, I'm praying about these efforts, obviously, yes. And we're gonna see how God leads, but for now, for now, there is one mission field that I am absolutely sure of our involvement there's one mission field, man, that, that, that God has, has called us to, that there's no question about your involvement and my involvement, and that is the mission field right outside. 
right outside and even in here, all right? There are people within walking distance of this building right here who, who are not sure how they're going to eat next week. Did you know that? There are, are, are families, all right, just again, within walking distance of here and even in walking distance from your house, all right, that, that don't know if their kids are going to have good winter clothes this season. There are men and women, right, that, with a, that we are set, bumping shoulders with or seeing every day, man, who want to try and recenter their lives. And they actually want to try and live the way that God intended them to live. And they just need your help and my help doing it. Some are trying to overcome abuse, abuse that has been inflicted in their life and the life of their family. Some are, are, are victims of abandonment. There are people who have had some of the worst circumstances in life, all right, just thrust upon them and then left totally empty with no place to turn and no one to turn to. Many of whom, because of these circumstances, have been even left homeless, not knowing where they're going to sleep tonight. There are single moms out there we're surrounded by thousands, literally thousands, just in our community alone, of single moms trying to navigate life for their children, not only their kids, but even themselves. And there, yeah, there are single dads out there trying to do the same. There are, are men and women who are just recently are just getting ready to get out of incarceration, all right? And they don't want to go back into that lifestyle. And they need somebody to come side by side with them, to stand with them, to talk with them, to relate with them, and to even lead them into a life that they never dreamed of. Men and women who are just coming out of addiction, of, of, of alcohol abuse and, and drug abuse, all right? Just coming out of a lifestyle and looking to see what it looks like to be the, the person that God created them to be. And I know that of two things that these, these people have in common, two things that I can say that just across the board have in common, Number one, they need to know that they can know Jesus. They need to know that they can know Jesus. They need to know that it's okay for them to know Jesus. All right? They don't have to be on probation with Jesus because of the life. No, it's like right now, accessibility to our living God, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And the second thing that I know that they need, I know they don't need, they don't need a handout. They need a hand up. They need a hand up, amen? And we're just the army to do it, amen? <laughs> this is a mission field, man, that, that, that we really don't need to spend a lot of time praying about being involved in. Why? Because God commanded us to be about it, right? About 2,700 years ago, God sent a message to his people who, who thought they were praying, who thought they were praying people, and you're going to trip on this, right? All right? He sent a message to them to stop ignoring the poor and the hurting that are just outside their prayer circles. He challenges people then, and he's challenging us right here, right now to understand that a life of prayer is a life that must also be ready to be an answer to prayer. I got news for you, man. You're not just here to hear a message. You're here to be the message. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for that? 
All right, that's what I'm talking about, man. Uh, that's who we are. So we're in Isaiah today, all right? We're in Isaiah 58, verses one through 12. I'm gonna blast through this, through, through, through this, you know, where I believe God is leading us through these scriptures here. And then I have something I wanna show you, all right? And it's very, very important. I think you're gonna love it. It's gonna be amazing, all right? So uh, let us, let, let, let us, get <laughs> a piece of lettuce out of your pocket. Let us alone. Would you, would you let us pray, all right? And then a bean, where have you been? Anyways. Um, so let's pray. <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> where'd that come from? All right, yeah. <laughs> praise the Lord, amen? amen? So Father, we praise you, and we just love you, and we are trying, Lord God, to adore you. And sometimes we get distracted. So help us, Lord God, to get underneath your word. You have some really heavy things you're getting ready to say, Lord. And I just, your scriptures are just, clear, very clear here. So help us in Jesus' name understand. Amen. Amen. And so Isaiah 58, verse 1, God, uh, like I said, the scripture, we just prayed, the the, the scripture speaks pretty loudly, all right? So here we go. He says in Isaiah 58, verse 1, he says, cry aloud, don't hold back. Lift up your voice, yell this out like a trumpet. He said, declare to my people. He goes, I got something for you to say to my people, the people who call themselves his, all right? He's, he's, he's telling us, he's telling Isaiah, this is an important message for the people of God, which is who we are, amen? So, so we need to heed this warning and we need to listen to this instruction and so we can recognize what God wants us to see. There's a warning we need to heed. There's instruction we need to, pay attention to and submit to. And then there's things that he wants us to see. So he says this, declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. He says, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if, God gets all as if on us, all right? They were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask me of righteous judgments and they delight to draw near to God. He says, they come after me all day long. They're not all day long. They come after me daily and they say these prayers, right? And, and, and as if they did the righteousness that I require, as if they lived the life, you know, that I've called them to live. All right. Yeah. yeah you ever, you ever ask your parents, all right, for permission to do something before your report card got home? Cause you knew it was coming. Anybody? I used to do that all of the time, all right? I knew when report cards were coming out and I better get my stuff in now because it's gonna get crazy, all right? And so I've been asking, I, I wanna go see a concert. I'm going to a concert, right? And, uh, and um, I think I was going to Aerosmith or Ted Nugent or something like that. And I'm asking for permission, you know? And my dad was like, yeah, you've been doing pretty good, all right? And right the day before the concert, man, the report card shows up. And my dad's like, as if, right? <laughs> yeah, you ain't going nowhere, homie. I bought concert tickets. You shouldn't have done that, right? You know what I mean? And almost all about it, man. And God was like, no, nah, man, that ain't happening. And God's telling us, he's saying like, as if, you know, they seek me daily. They delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness. Look at verse three. He said, why have we fasted? He said, he said you know, they're, they're telling God, why have we fasted? And you don't see it. Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? You ever feel like that? <laughs> Nobody wants to answer that one, right? <laughs> no, I'm not, not, not me, bro. All right. It says, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and you oppress, oppress all your workers. He says, you, 
you, you, you, you want to be seen. He's saying, he's telling Israel, he's telling his people right now, he's saying, you know, look, you want me to see you, but you refuse to see others. All right, there's a dude, right? He's in his room and he's praying. And he's telling God, man, God, I just want you to use me today. I just want to be used by you today, God. I'm here, man. Use me for your glory. And they knock on his door, his bedroom door. And he's like, what? And he's like, dude, we're getting ready to go to the homeless shelter, man. And we're going to go feed the hungry, right? It's, it's a kind of a pre-Thanksgiving dinner thing. And he's like, dude, I'm totally praying right now. I can't come out, right? And they're like, all right. And so he goes back into his prayer. God, just use me, man. I'm just here. I'm for you. Lord God, use me, man. He gets a text, right, from, a, from his homegirl, right? And she says, hey, we're gonna, they're doing a coat drive for people who don't got coats this winter. Yeah, I know you got a lot of coats. She's like, man, I bought those coats. He's thinking to himself, I paid for those coats. Those are my coats. He goes, I can't go, man. I'm praying, God, just use me, man. Just use me. Man, for your glory, man. For your glory, man. You, go, you see what I'm talking about, right? And God's like, man, come on, Really? And I challenge this, man. I think God is just challenging us right here too. You cannot expect to move the heart of God and not allow God to move your heart. You can't expect to move the heart of God and not allow God to move your heart. Prayer isn't meant to center God in your will. It's to center you into the will of God. Amen. He says, behold, you, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. He says, fasting this, like, the, like, like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. And we're like, what is he talking about? I think too often the, the Christian is led to believe that we, that we need to go around all of our areas of influence and, and smash the public thinking around us with all these hammer statements and, and hammer words and just blam, 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 blam. You see, I know that God has not called us to strap our Bibles onto a baseball bat and just go around smashing. That's not what he's called us to do. He hasn't called us to, he hasn't called you to just go out and make a point. He's called us to go out and make a difference, amen? And he's challenging his people. And then he says in verse five, he says, it's, it's such the fast that I choose today for a person to humble himself. It's, it's such the fast that I choose, I'm sorry, a day, a day for a person to humble himself. Is it to bow his head like a reed and do all these, these religious activities that kind of like, hey man, look at me. He said, will you call this fast a day except the Lord? You think I just want one day like this? God said, no, I want one life like this, a whole life like this. Show me this life. Look at here. Here he says, this is what I want. So God is just not slapping us around. He's not just slapping his people around. He's going to give us some instruction right now. He's giving us a warning, right? He's saying, look at man, wait a second. This is not what I'm after. And too often we're led to believe that's all he wants. Just do, do a fasting. Do a fasting day. One day, man. Just pray one day. All right, God's going to see things your way. You just watch. God's like, no, man, I want you to see things my way. Look what he says in verse six. He goes, this is what I want. Look what he says. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the strap of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. 
This verse right here, it's just been so instrumental here at this church in recognizing how to approach the hurting, the addicted, the abused, all the, all the above, the hurting, the struggling. It's not just to come in and say, dude, you need to get out of that. Dude, I'm over here. Look at me. Get out. Come on. Forget it then. He, it requires a proximity, all right? He calls us to get close, all right? To get relational, all right? He says, is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds? He doesn't say just come in and just start ripping cords apart. He says, let me just come near you. Let me just love on you. Let me just sit with you, all right? Let me listen to you. The more I listen to you, the more I know how to love you. Do you see how that works? He says, come next to those that are hurting, he says, and, and, just, and just kind of undo that strap. All right, that God has given you his Holy Spirit for this work. He's given you the word. You are sufficient in this work. You've been equipped by his Holy Spirit to go and lead them into a life of love in Christ. I'll get close and undo that strap. I mean, loose the strap. Let me loosen a little bit, loosen a little bit. We'll talk a little bit. We know each other. We love each other a little bit. Let me just take it off you. All right, we're hanging out, we're hanging out. I'm still with you. All right, let me just let, let get, get that away from you. Let me just get it away from you. Matter of fact, you see that thing over there that was holding you, this little, little item right here, this thing that was just, stra- let's just take it and break it. No longer. All right, break every chain, amen. Look what he said. Is this not what I want? Is, like, is, is, it, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and, and to bring the homeless and poor into your house. And when you see the naked, to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Okay, God, this is, this is God's instruction for the church. He's right. And I know it requires some, some, some discernment, a lot of discernment, especially allowing people into your home. Debbie and I have had years and years and years of having people just living in our house for a period of time, for a long period of time, putting trailers in our backyard, you know, just trying to help people out. But it required discernment. There were a lot of people that we had to say, no, this ain't going to work. Sharing your bread. I love the way he says, you know, like, like I like, you know, I liken it to God has challenged you to feed people the way you like to eat. You know, I happen to love cup of noodles, but you know, <laughs> hey man, these are great. You're gonna love these, man. You know, I think they're great, you know, but you know, but I, I you know, you, you have to think about, I'll share one time, I've told you, I think I've told you this before, I'm, I'm coming out, I'm working in Tucson, I'm in a work truck, man, and, and I'm pulling out of the, of the, of the, of the yard, and, and a homeless dude kind of walks up, and he's like, his dude's winded, man, I could tell, been, he looks like he hasn't eaten for a while. And he's like, bro, he's like, hey, man, you know, can, 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 you, uh, can you give me some food, can you give me some money, money to eat, he wanted money, right? And I was like, well, I don't really give out a lot of money, but I'll, I'll, I'll feed you. Um, why don't you meet me across the street right there? There's a Circle K right across the street, man. I'm on my way to a job. I can't really take a lot of time off, but I can run in there real quick. And I ran into the store. He met me across the street. And, I, and I'm on the store, and I'm thinking, okay, what would, what would you feed Jesus in this moment, right? And you're in Circle K. 
I went for the jalapeno cheese dog, right? <laughs> Boom, loaded up, right? Chips and food and big waters and some other stuff, some mints, all right, stuff like that. Bro, here you go, man. And what's crazy, I walked outside, I gave dude the food, right? And as I handed him the food, he said, thank you so much. I said, bro, thank Jesus, you know what I mean? Jesus loves you, bro. And he started crying, he put the food aside and he literally said, I've heard of this Jesus, but you know what, man? I, you know, I need some, will you tell me about him? I said, bro, I ain't got time right now, I gotta split, right? No, I, I said, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, he shared the Lord with him right now, but you just never know what's happening. He says, you know, when you see the naked, cover him, man. You ever go thrift store shopping for Jesus? I am way, okay. You ever go thrift store shopping for Jesus? All right, you know, when you think, when you, you know, no, a lot of, some of you don't like thrift store shopping, some of you love it. You know what? Go thrift store shopping with a mind of not getting yourself anything. You know it's winter, go pick out some nice jackets and keep them in your truck. So when you're driving around, man, hand out a jacket. Tell people Jesus loves them, man, amen? Because the life of prayer is the life that we must also be ready to be an answer to prayer, Amen. It says, and then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing will spring forth up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you. The Lord your God, the Lord your shall be your rear God. God is saying, he's not saying, you know, if you get, he's not, he's not saying give and you will get. He's saying be and you will see. Be his and you'll see the way he sees, amen? And when you see the way God sees you, you're gonna be blown away because you're gonna see the way he, he's not only working in you, all right, but working through you. And that is an amazing thing to see. Look at verse nine through 11. He says, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You, will, you, will, you shall cry and he'll say, here I am. If you take away from your yoke, the, from, from the yoke from your midst and, and the pointing of your finger and just, you know, and just speaking of wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and, and satisfy the desire of the afflicted and your light shall rise in the darkness and the gloom in the noonday. These are promises of God. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, a spring of water whose waters don't fail. You will be able to give even more because the Lord will bless you with more giving ability, amen? amen? You'll just be pouring out for the glory of God. I remember when, the first time somebody gave me a car from the church. It blew me away. Somebody has given me a car and I already had a car, all right? And so God was saying, dude, just don't get used to it. This is for somebody else. So he was going to give it through you. And so it was like, all right. God didn't say, look, I just want you to have a bunch of cars at your house. Paying attention to the Lord, listening to him with this type of filter. And you recognize that everything that comes in your lap might not just be for you. Amen. He blesses your giving ability. And it is such a blessing to be a blessing. Amen. And then look at Isaiah 58, 12. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. Amen. That is a promise. 
And we were challenged earlier at the, at, the, at the beginning of our church. We were so challenged with that, with that truth and this word. The beginning and the inception of, of when God told us to, to plant this church, we recognized he wasn't calling us just to be a Sunday-only church. He says, you, not only do the leadership need to be about this day-to-day, but you need to provide it for the congregation to be about this day-to-day. We were challenged by a statement made by Roland Rollshauser, and I'll put this up there. He said this, the quality of your faith will be judged by the quality of justice in the land. And the quality of justice will be judged by how well the weakest and the most vulnerable groups in society fared while you were alive. And we were challenged and we thought, you know, Isaiah 58, man, and then, and then this, and we're just like, what, the, what do we do? And so in September 12th of 2012, that day, September 12th, 2012, God led us to open up the recenter. And we knew, we knew we needed to be about this work daily. And we needed to bring the whole church to be about it daily. We knew that we needed to not only be intentional about this, but we needed to provide intentionality, opportunity for intention. I'm sorry, intentionality. We needed to provide opportunity for intention of the rest of the church. Has anybody here ever been to the recenter? Raise your hand if you've been to the recenter. A lot of you have, and a lot of you haven't. I want you to check out something. We're gonna, I want to show you a video. I've asked uh, Pam, uh, our executive director at the recenter, to take us through a tour of the recenter. And I want to kind of show you what God has led us to do. And I want to challenge you to what he's leading you to do. Check it out. It's a little bit long, but there's subtitles because it's going to get a little loud with the background noises and stuff. But check it out. Who turn the lights down? Hey guys, welcome to the ReCenter. Here at the ReCenter, our vision is to create a Jesus culture that does not demand a Jesus response. What does that even mean? It just simply means no strings attached love. All right, this is just no strings attached love. Instead of just trying to help a person out, we want to help them up. All right, you know, that's why our, our, our mission statement is to seek the well-being of our community. I want to introduce you today to our executive director, Pam Williams, who's going to take us on a personal tour of what actually happens here at the Recenter. Come on, let's come meet Pam. Hello, this is Pam Williams, all right? She's our executive director here. She kind of runs the place. She's going to take us on a personal tour. Pam, where do we start? Right here. So when you walk through the door, you're met by Angelica. Angelita is one of our, in one of our two work experience programs. She does an amazing job. She finds out why you're here. And if you're here for anything other than a shower or to get some food, she's going to uh, make you an appointment with our Survive to Thrive Services specialist. And, and she has a beautiful smile. Yes, she does. <laughs> she's the best. Yeah, she lights up the place. Yeah. So this is where you would meet with our Survive Services specialist. Um, she would sit down with you and she'd find out why you're here. Everybody who comes through this space is in a state of total chaos. And so they're in survival mode. She's going to find out what are the top three things you're struggling with right now. And she's going to build you a very basic action plan based on those things that are just keeping you up at night. So so we come in here, all right, they receive this packet, and this is people whose lives are in total chaos. Right. And so what steps are taken from there? So you're going to get this packet. It's going to tell you what you're going to bring to your appointment. It's going to tell you when your appointments are, and it's going to have your action plan with those three easy-to-follow steps. It's also going to have the person that you talk to. It's going to have their contact information. So if you're struggling, you can call us, and we can tell you where to go from there. 
Once you finish those three steps, then we're gonna meet with you again and we're gonna build three more steps and three more steps until we stabilize you. It's just little by little. Little by Moving little, on. just one piece at a time, one little chunk. And a lot of our people struggle with transportation issues, so we try to do all of those appointments in-house. And so we have eight cubicles back here, and they have all different resources in them every Thursday. One of our biggest needs in our community is um, housing. And so we have a lot, a lot of homeless issues, um, and we saw it was such a need that that the housing department. Right, so as Pam was stating, we do a lot of case management here. We found that housing was in a crisis. So we partnered with the Arizona Department of Housing to create a housing department uh, that will help people get into different programs. We come alongside with different partners that have resources specifically for housing, and we meet on a bi-weekly basis to advocate for the people that we work with whether it be security deposits, whether it be a, a Section 8 voucher, whether it be eviction prevention. Uh, we help them stabilize them and get them going. Um, and we're also collecting data while we're doing this case management because we want to bring it to the local officials and the state to let them know of what's really going on in our community. So over here we have our shower services. Uh, we can do about six to 12 showers a day just depending on the situation. If we have families, it's more. Um, each person that takes a shower here gets a hygiene pack, which is really amazing. They have a couple snacks in there, shampoo, conditioner, razor, whatever it is that you need. Oatmeal. Oatmeal. Snacks. Pretty cool, man. <laughs> I like it. Uh, we also give out these hygiene packs to anybody that needs it, whether they're showering here or not. And we also give out Narcan and Naloxone. Narcan and Naloxone, what is that? Right, it reverses the effects of opioid overdose. And so, opioid overdose. So yeah. you got somebody overdosing, you take one of these packets with you, you can administer that right. and possibly save their life. Right, and oh, if you good. don't want to come in and get one, we have a little box set up outside and you can just grab as many as you need out of the box. Dude, so totally that's love pretty it. awesome. That's awesome. So this is where we do our hot meal services. Um, our hot meal services, when they're running full speed, we feed about two to 300 people a day here. And we do it in a restaurant-style environment. So we always want people to feel loved and cared for. And so our volunteers actually bring food out to in a restaurant style. Um, we also- I love that. Yeah. First of all, just like, you know, it, to me, it just resent, right? kind of restores a sense of dignity. Instead of having a lineup, you get food poured into it. You get to sit down, you're waited on, and you're even allowed seconds yes. and stuff. And that is awesome. Our volunteers truly love that love what they do. They're very yeah. passionate about it. So yeah. We're very blessed to have that. Yeah, that is awesome. And we never want anybody to leave here hungry. And so we always have peanut butter and jelly out on the counter. So if it's not a meal service time, then you can go up and get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you don't have to leave here hungry. Oh, that's awesome. So you can take a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the road. Yep. Very, very cool, man. Very cool. So this is where we have our computer lab. Um, we have somebody who will come in and she'll actually teach you how to do an interview. She'll teach you how to build a resume and help you with that, which is really amazing. Yes. <laughs> and um, a lot of people come in, they do job searches, they build their resumes, um, they will do their homework. We've even had people come in and do port on these, these computers, and we just have iPads, so if you have something personal you have to do, like an appointment, we can put you in a cubicle, and so that's kind of how we work our computer. Pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We're moving. 
Well, this is our food bank. We are a United Food Bank partner. Um, we do a grocery store style food bank because we found it uh, cuts down on food waste. So when people come in, they get their uh, tea fat bag, which we have those right behind you. Um, and so they just have what they have in them. Typically it's like um, spaghetti, mac and cheese, some, some sort of a meat. And then everything on these shelves is extra. So you can take anything you need off of the shelves, but leave what you're not going to use. And that's really cut down on the amount of food waste we've had. Awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Cool. Man. Um, so not only do we get a bag, but we also grab a couple of extra things to take for the roads. Very, very cool, man. Right. And we're a little different than other food banks. Um, not only the uh, grocery store stuff, but we allow you to come once a week. A lot of food banks limit you to once a month. Um, and we get two deliveries a month from United Food Bank. And so that means we get more protein in every couple of weeks. And so, um, you know, yeah. all those meats, those types yeah, of things. Some of the good stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, right <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, gotta have it. Okay, we're moving. This is our kitchen. This is where we prepare all of our hot meals. We have amazing volunteers in here. Amazing volunteers. Where's our volunteers? And she's our restaurant manager, and she does an amazing job here. She actually uh, makes homemade meals here. And do you want to say anything? Um, we put our heart and soul into it, and yeah, we want to have healthy food. <laughs> and it's amazing too. It is good food, man. I'm telling you what. She's a great cook. Yeah, yeah, so, it's really good stuff. And you yeah, made chili today. You did make chili, and that's awesome. So everything we just saw was all survive services, right? So we follow a survive to thrive model here. So once we stabilize you out of that survival mode and we get you kind of stable, we're looking to push you into our thrive programs. So this is Danielle Padilla. She is our vice president. Uh, Faith couldn't be here today. She's out sick. So Danielle is going to tell you about what Faith does. So Faith is our mentorship program manager. We have three Thrive programs, um, and she oversees the um, prisoner reentry program, which is for anyone who is um, incarcerated with the goal of preventing them from going back to jail or prison. And then there's the Mama's mentorship program, which is for any mother um, looking for the support needed to get out of poverty. Um, both of those programs uh, use mentorship, so we pair everyone with a mentor to provide, um, you know, a cheerleader, a coach, and some emotional support. Can you elaborate a little bit more on the Getting Ahead program? Yeah, so the Getting Ahead program is a 18-week uh, class, and we use an evidence-based uh, curriculum. Um, we have two different tracks right now. We have one um, that is focused on people getting out of poverty, and we have one that is helping um, people um, kind of learn about the barriers and build resources to prevent um, recidivism. And so after they do that, they can go to um, our staying ahead classes, and those are a little bit more advanced topics. Um, they might be uh, budgeting or um, uh, stress management, different things like that to kind of provide an additional support for them. Now we are going to talk to Ryan. Ryan runs our rehousing project. Um, and he's just going to tell you all about that. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell yeah. he's excited. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the Recovery Housing Project, it's, uh, it's transitional housing for people who are in recovery. 
Um, so it is a mentorship program. So we do get people paired up with mentors. Um, there, uh, people who are involved in the program also are going to be uh, participating in the getting ahead and staying ahead curriculum. Um, it is a working program, so people will be working and paying for programming fees, and um, it's 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 been pretty productive. We have four homes. We've got two homes for single men. We have a house for single women and a house for uh, single women with children. How does somebody get into those houses? Uh, so in the event somebody's coming from treatment, um, the, the best way to, to get into the program is to fill out an application. So they can come into the Reed Center and get an application here. Um, I can also email them, I can mail them if somebody's incarcerated. Uh, whatever the case may be, we will get an application to them and then we have waiting lists and as, as people graduate the program and complete it, uh, we, we just go down the waiting list and get people in the housing. And the cool thing is it's affordable, right? And so yeah. um, they're not paying a huge amount of rent to be there, they're just paying some programming fees. Yep. And so it makes it a lot easier. We're helping you to get a job while you're in that program. Like we're helping you to build all of these resources so you can be successful. And you can be in this program for up to two years. So it's pretty amazing that you have that amount of time to transition and stabilize and you know actually thrive. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Are the houses pretty cool or do we, do we have? Um, yeah, actually we have one bed open. It'll be filled next week and we're completely full currently. Wow. So it's doing pretty good. It's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. All this is with a mentor to walk with them through all this, which is, you know, obviously in the, in, in the, in the re-entry and the moms as well. Yeah. It's just amazing having mentors, having, you know, men and women who uh, are all about the vision and mission of the Recenter. It's just amazing. Thank you so much for just your heart and your passion. And you know what? It is, you have just done tremendous work here. And I just want to say thank you. And Danielle, your work here is not, you know, is, is invaluable. And faith and the work that faith does. And we, we, we didn't get to see Hannah today, but, but the stuff that she does, Ryan, man, just amazing work. You know, uh, you know God's placed the right people at the right place and definitely at the right time. Um, and now it's your time. And so, uh, what is God calling you to do? We need mentors. We need financial partnering. Uh, uh, all kinds of things. Come on down, man, and see these people, man, and uh, and meet some. First of all, some beautiful people. Have a some really cool food, and uh, and just see how God is calling you to be a part of what's taking place here. As we create a Jesus culture that does not demand a Jesus response, and as we seek the well-being of our community. Praise the Lord. See you guys. Thanks. Praise the Lord, amen. That's because we know that a praying church needs to be a church that is ready to be an answer to prayer, amen? amen. And you are the church, amen? amen? I need a bigger amen. amen. Amen, praise the Lord. We're ready. This is the army that I see. To date, there are 17 people in those homes. We have 10 men, uh, uh, five women, and, and actually two moms with their children in those houses right now. All right, we have not, yeah, praise the Lord. We have nine moms that have graduated the mama's class and we have another graduation coming up. All right, I think we have eight more moms that are graduating. Isn't that amazing? All right, check this out. 70 individuals who have come through the recenter have mentor, have been, have had mentors. All right, we need more mentors. So consider that up to 200 people each day come through the recenter doors. All right, over 200 people a day. That's crazy. Do you know that we serve 35,000 meals this year so far? This is our work. This is what God has called us to do. 
And this year, all right, and for our annual Christmas gift, all right, I'm kind of pushing this forward. You're gonna start hearing about this over the next couple of months. Our annual Christmas gift, our goal for the annual Christmas gift is $70,000 plus. The church is gonna match the other 70,000 that you guys raise up. This is above and beyond, all right, your, 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 your giving, your normal giving. Right? God is calling us to, to, to get involved into this work. He just shared right there through Isaiah. That is what even was a catalyst. Isaiah 58, Jeremiah 29, all right, and other scriptures as well were catalyst scriptures. We were led by this. We didn't come out and say, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's open up a recenter. No, God gave us his word, and we said, wow, we need to respond to that. Amen. And that's why that recenter exists. What about you? What's your response? I got, a, I got a few options I want you to consider. Number one, give above and beyond from now until Christmas. Give above and beyond, man. You guys are knocking it out of the park in giving, man. Our, the giving here and the ability that we have to make it easier for people to know Jesus and lead them into a growing re relationship with Jesus Christ, all right? Creating this Jesus culture here in the White Mountains is phenomenal because of, of your generosity and because of your worship. Generosity is an act of worship. Because we do it for God, not for us, right? We do it with God, actually. So, so my first challenge, give above and beyond, all right, from now until Christmas. And number two, man, become a mentor. We need men and women to walk beside these men and women, men and women of faith. Again, not to tie your Bible to a baseball bag, go bam, 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 no. To come in and lovingly listen to how you can love them. Be a mentor. Number three, serve, serve. All right, uh, Tia is going to be. She, you saw Tia on the video there, at the beginning there. All right, she's going to be in the in the um, what do you call that place outside there in the that lobby thing? Yeah, where the coffee's at. She's going to be. She's going to be over there. All right, and and man, see her, and she will give you uh, you know some uh, some ideas on, on how to get involved. All right, if you want to give to our annual Christmas gift, go on to the app. That's the easiest place, right? And you'll see the banner that is for the annual Christmas gift. Man, hit that banner, all right? If you, if you, I think I don't know if you have to hit give first and then find the banner or if it's just going to be there, all right? That's one place. Or you can go to our website, tcaz.us, and hit give, and you'll find the annual Christmas gift banner. Start giving. Mentoring is a process, man. You need to go down there and you're gonna need to fill out an application to get involved. You wanna know, man, uh, you know, and serving is just, you know, again, you need to, you need to apply. We're not saying, yeah, you know, we're, we're very picky about who comes and helps people because we wanna make sure that your heart is for Christ and for them. I don't have time for this, but I gotta share this, man. I'm in the lobby this morning. A young man, Leon, all right, where you at, Leon? Are you here right now, brother? I saw him, man, there he is in the back. And my boy Leon, right? He comes up to me. He didn't know we were talking about this today. And he goes, you know what? I just wanted to let you know this recenter thing you guys do, it works. I said, that's awesome, yeah. I said, why? He said, I went in there to get some food. I just went in there to get some food, man. And that dude, Ryan, got a hold of me. And then next thing you know, I'm on the computer and I'm finding places, all right? And next thing you know, I'm getting free showers and I'm getting food every day and I got hooked up with Waypoint and now I'm in recovery. Praise the Lord, amen. This is what God has called us to do. Because a life of prayer is a life that must also be ready to be an answer to prayer, amen?
Man, we got the easy part done, all right? We talked about it. You watched the video. What about you? What are you gonna do, man? Get in. You already fit in, so you need to get in. Amen. All right, we're gonna sing right now. Don't be leaving right now. Oh, I gotta go, it's time to leave. No, we're gonna sing in response to our great God and King, and we're gonna sing about, and leading into, that the, there's an army right here, rising up, amen? amen? Now let's respond in this song right here. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. All right, but now it's your turn. Praise the Lord, amen? Amen. All right, let us stand together my church, my family. Let us rise up as the army that God has called us to be and let us declare his name, his, his power.